Welcome to another episode of Backstage with Stagehand. We've been, I think this is the fifth one of these oh, that yeah? we've recorded. And um, uh, my name is Derek, I'm with Stagehand. And Stagehand is a company that's really focused on the local live music scene in particular. And so I've had uh, an opportunity through this to talk to club owners, musicians, uh, people in the industry. And so today I'm thrilled to be joined by Sonia DeLeo. And uh, Sonia, Sonia and I have actually kind of been in each other's orbit for literally years now. We've mm -hmm. traded emails, we've uh, uh, had a few conversations, um, and I've, I've watched you perform and that sort of thing. But this is the first time I've actually had an opportunity to sit down and yeah. chat with you. So yeah, it's exciting. I'm uh, looking forward to this. So, um, why don't, uh, so welcome, first of all, welcome Thank to you. the Ironwood. We're here in, uh, at the Ironwood. Um, and uh, so uh, why don't we just dive into it? Normally the way I like to start is just get a bit of background about sure. you and where did this all start from you? Because I know that you're, you're a musician, but you also do a lot more than that uh, in the arts. So just tell us a little bit of where this started yeah, for you. Sure. Um, so. I always, I always tell the story that I, I was a very shy kid, an extremely, I call myself a shy extrovert actually. <laughs> um, and until about 11 years old, and I grew up going to church, um, Catholic church, and I, um, I loved, I knew I liked music, but I didn't think it was something that was for me ever at all. And I remember in, in, at about 11 years old, uh, grade five, six, um, I got, I don't know how I ended up in the choir, but I ended up in the church choir. Now okay. I was the youngest person in the church choir by a lot. <laughs> and um, we had this like little choir and um, this organist, and her name is Marie. And I will, I, there are two people that I sort of attribute or sort of like credit for giving, um, for pulling me out of my shell a little bit and showing me what music was for me. And um, so she was one of them. And I started, so I started singing in the choir and I stood in the back and I blended in and I loved it. Yeah. But I didn't want anyone to hear me <laughs> or anything like that. And, um, and she slowly started telling me like, you should do a solo, which meant at our church going to the front of the whole thing and right. like singing by yourself, right? And wow. I, well, the organ was being played from and up at 11, above. 11 and years old. At, yeah, 11, 12 years old. But she started telling me this right away and I, and I always resisted. I said, no, absolutely not. You got the wrong girl, not gonna happen. And, um, and she eventually forced me to do it basically. <laughs> and, um, but she knew something I did not know yet. And um, so yeah, and I remember completely royally screwing up every single time, being so nervous that like my, my thing when I'm nervous is that my teeth go completely numb and it feels like they don't exist in my mouth. Oh, wow. um, and so that's when I started uh, noticing that. Um, but yeah, I messed up all the time for a while, and uh, but she kept making me do it. So <laughs> and you, then, you messed up when you were in front of the congregation? Oh yes, when or? I was in front of everyone, I okay. never ever did it totally right. Um, and, and that uh, is just a great lesson in general. But then I went to grade seven, and that was I started junior high, and for the first time ever I had a real music teacher, um, where we went to music class, and she was trained to teach that, and she was a really good piano player. Her name was Miss Crisco, and she's the other one that I always say um, helped a lot with that. So I was, by now, like singing in church a little bit, um, but she, on like the third day of school, she had us all stand up, and there was some song that we all kind of knew, a pop song or something, and she, we all were singing, and she walked 
between the rows, just listening to each person. And she stopped in front of me and she goes, you're going to do a solo. I was like, nope, no, not here, not in junior high. No, I'll do that at church, but I will not do that here. And by the end of grade seven, I was the lead role in the school musical. Wow. And it just kind of spiraled from there. But she was the same. She just persisted and persisted and then gave me little little tasks here and little tiny solos here and there. And then, yeah, so musical theater became a big thing. Um, my high school after that was also um, had a really great theater and musical theater program. So I, same thing, I was in every show every year for my whole high school career. Wow. And then I went to, to Mount Royal. Then I moved here from Ontario and went to Mount Royal. Oh, so for you, theater. you didn't grow up here in Calgary? I did not. No, I grew up in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Thunder Bay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So sorry, so then you moved here after high school? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did your family move here or you moved here on your own? No, I moved here on my own, yeah, after I graduated. However, my mom was raised here, so there's a bunch of family. So okay. I actually did live with an aunt and uncle when I first arrived. Okay, yeah. so not mm -hmm. completely not intimidating. Not completely alone, no. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So and when did you start to play uh, like I know you play guitar and, and uh, mm. did, did you start that about the same time? You know what? I got a guitar, a very secondhand guitar my parents got me in high school and I must have wanted, I must have expressed an interest but, um, but I remember having a friend um, teach me like three chords and, and I would fiddle around with it but I never had any patience for the silly thing. and. Uh, and I let it go. Like once I came and went to school, I just I didn't bring the guitar. I just let it go and and didn't play for a long time. And it was only, I would say, I've been playing guitar seriously for about six years, maybe now. Okay. And um, and two or three uh, where I really like hunkered down, bought myself a good one, and decided to nice. be okay at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and when did you start writing music? Um. That's interesting because I wrote my very first song around 11 as well. But we had, and I, it's funny, I, this story, <laughs> it's very, uh, it was very formative <laughs> and it caused a lot of writer's block. But um, so I, I woke up in the middle of the night and this is still something that happens to me now. But as like a 10, 11 year old, I woke up, I remember in the middle of the night and I was like, there's a song in my head. <laughs> And I, and I ran through the dark house and found a piece of paper and I wrote the whole thing down. Right. And in the morning, I, was, I, I read it and I was like, this might be okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it was a love song. And um, anyway, but at the time, like I was super nervous about that. I was not, was not a songwriter. So, right. so I didn't think it was, it was probably not okay, you know? And, um, and so I decided to just fold it up and keep it. We had this sitter who was like 15, 16, who would come uh, take care of us from time to time. Um, and <laughs> so I kept it and I was like, she's the authority on what's cool and what's good. <laughs> so I will show her first. <laughs> and if she likes it, then I'll go from there. Right. <laughs> and um, so I kept that thing in my pocket and it became like it was tattered. By the time I saw her again, it was like all, because I would open it and I'd read it again and I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then, so finally she shows up at the house one time and uh, I pulled her up to my room and I, um, I said, okay, I have to show you this. I think I wrote a song. And, and, um, and I handed it to her. I opened it up and I handed it to her. And I just remember just like this, like I was nervous and I just can see my little self like beaming, just waiting for her response, right? And she yeah. read it quietly in front of me. And then she looked up at me and she said, it's stupid. 
And so I took it from her and I crumpled it up and I threw it in the garbage. Oh, no. And I decided that I was not a writer. Wow. And it was like, honestly, there were times in college, in, crea in creative writing, I took some, aside from theater, um, my options were all in writing areas. And uh, I was completely blocked from that one instance. Wow. Where I, and I, through that time, sort of freed that up with some other teachers and stuff. But so, it was and, and looking back on it impactful. now, after having written uh, you know, a, a yeah. lot of songs, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel about, do you remember the, the song? Do you have well, any? So no, I do not. And I feel like, this is what I wonder, is like, I wonder if I wrote it again. Hmm. I wonder if it is a song I ha or it's a piece of it or something. I mm -hmm. wonder if it's there somewhere. I don't know. I might never know. But and I'm, and I'm curious, just the whole process of writing for you. Mm -hmm. You said you wrote you wrote down the lyrics. Mm -hmm. uh, I assume. Did you also write down the chords? Did you were you thinking that way, or was it almost more poetry? At that time, not at all. Uh, that no. was just words for me. I had a melody in my head. I remember having like a way that I thought it would go. Um, but now I and I think it's always kind of been that way for me. Most of the time, songs come to me and as words first, as a story, as a poem, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and then I add music. Um, often there's a melody already, or at least a piece of one, and yeah, but it's, it's usually the, uh, whatever the lyrics are gonna be first, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. So um, you went to Mount Royal, studied mm -hmm. theater, mm -hmm. and then what happened after that? And then after that, I was there for one year, and I left, and um, had the opportunity to move to Jasper, Alberta. I had an aunt who owned a restaurant there. Oh, wow. She invited my sister and I to come and work for her. And I had no plan. <laughs> so, um, so I did that, and we both did. And uh, we traveled out there, and I remember thinking, I actually didn't know where it was, because I had only been in Calgary for okay. one year. And I told everyone I was moving to BC. Kind of knew where Banff was, but. <laughs> but I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and then, and I remember on the drive there thinking like, do they have a hospital? Like, <laughs> it just felt so far from everything. Uh, and it was. Um, and then I ended up there for like nine years. Wow. On. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And did you pursue music there? Uh, yeah. Well, I arrived in Jasper and I quickly realized that there was, there was a little bit of music going on. There was zero theater arts of any sort, no other performing arts at the time. There had been an old theater company that used to do sort of nature content, but um, that was done. And um, there was a lot of visual artists in town and stuff and a gallery, but um, I knew quickly that I would not last there if I didn't have ways to express all of that. So, right. um, so I started a theater company. <laughs> was like a crazy undertaking yeah. uh, at 20 years old with zero experience being a leader of any sort. <laughs> so so and, and where did you, like where was your theater? Like where did you put these productions so, on? Yeah, well the first one was very, um, we did it wherever we could. <laughs> right. So the, there was a stage in like the community hall yep. um, in like a big gymnasium basically. And um, there were also a couple of other small venues that we used. There was a pub with risers that we did a show in. Um, the Legion had a stage. We kind of, we took what we could get. Well, that's know? awesome. It was great, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've done a lot of things obviously, uh, music, theater. Um, I'm, always, I'm always curious, you know, um, moments that stand out for people, memories that you might have, whether it's a performance, whether it's a theater production, or whether it's, um, yeah, just a, just just some moment that for some reason 
you remember mm. that, that meant something to you? Anything that jumps out at you? Yeah, on, on the on the train of, of the theater company, um, we, the very first show I did, so what I decided was that I would just hold open auditions, and I called on one of my instructors from Mount Royal and asked him if he would mentor me. So I came down to Calgary and I had a lunch with this guy. Okay. We decided on a script that was, you know, only a six-person cast, so it would be easy-ish. <laughs> and, um, and the process from there was crazy. That was the extent of his um, involvement. Um, but I just kind of went for it and I had, you know, people came to auditions. I'm like, wow, look at that. And, and then, and then each, each like sort of step in the process was just hard and new and scary. And, um, but, and it was a lot of work and we worked for months to do two shows. We did only two nights. And by the time, like we had a, um, a hotel donate the space for us to practice in if we would do the show there and let people drink. Like it was, you know, we had to sort of, we had, we ended up having a business that um, donated posters and we, we, it became a community thing. People bought in after a while, but when I first showed up, I was just Sonia who wants to do a play. I wasn't, I didn't yep. have a company. I didn't have anything. Yep. They had no proof that I had any clue what I was doing. So then we get to this point where we have two shows planned, and my hope was for 40 to 50 people a night would have made me so happy right. <laughs> in a town of 5,000 in November. <laughs> and, um, and we got 90 a night. Wow. And, and the hype to do a third show, but I didn't. I was like, nope, I'm gonna quit, <laughs> quit while I'm ahead. This is great, this is so great. But yeah. um, anyway, it was a beautiful part and the part that always stands out for me is that the actors at that point, um, like the, I, the hope was, because I funded the whole thing myself. So okay. I was serving at my aunt's restaurant and then funding this. Wow. And so I, and that was renting spotlights from Edmonton that had to be brought in, all kinds of things. And uh, so the idea was to pay myself back break even and then I was gonna just give the rest of the money to the actors and on the day on the last night they all got together and came to me and said we don't want the money well wow. give it to this was amazing this was super fun um, give it to someone else and so we had decided we would like give it um, that it would be donated in some way the extra and um, and we ended up handing over $750 cash to uh, to a family a local family that I'd heard about um, and who was like just struggling with, oh no, sorry, it wasn't November. It was like leading up to school starting and school supplies were gonna be an issue and stuff. So we just okay. gave this money. We wow. never told anyone, we just did it. And I think like just the whole, the way that that all came around and I just felt, I just remember feeling just so proud of the whole yeah, thing no and all the people and, and the fact that it, it worked like that. So that moment for me was, was great in that it um, strengthened my, um, belief that I could lead. Yeah. You know? Interesting. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit more about your music yeah. background. So when did you, so it sounds like you kind of had a, a theater focus there mm -hmm. for a while mm -hmm. and then you eventually came back to Calgary obviously. Right. I did actually start a band in, in Jasper. Oh, did I did you? sing okay. there quite a bit. Okay. Actually, uh, yes. Um, and there was a town choir and I sang in that. Um, but yeah, so I was in, well, I guess my first like actual band was, was there in Jasper and it was great. We were together for about a year and things kind of got rolling and once we got to the point where there was like money being made and <laughs> decisions to make, 
we just there was a couple people who were, who who clashed hard. Oh, really? really? <laughs> it just kind of crumbled. Yeah, yeah. So but you, it was a great first experience. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So then you. So then. Uh, and when when did you come back to Calgary? January 2013. 2013. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, did you do any theater here? Or was that did you sort of refocus on the music side yeah, of things? Yeah. Well, I had been so I'd been with the theater company. I'd been like directing and producing for so long and sort of in charge of stuff. So when I came back to Calgary, I knew that I wanted to get back into performing again, and I knew that music would be a big part of that. But also, um, um, yeah, the acting and and. I missed that part. I missed being on the stage. So, hmm. um, so I did do a little bit of theater. I worked with Urban Curves, which was a feminist theater company at the time, and um, Swallow a Bicycle. And I did some like smaller indie stuff. And then, um, and I also have two kids, and they were like five okay. and three at that point. And okay. so, so it was a busy time. And though I had a lot of support here, because um, by then my family was here, my parents. And oh, were they? Actually, so they moved, moved here, here from Ontario. Yeah. Right around nice. just before I had kids, yeah. So, um, so that was great, but it just was very time consuming. And then music sort of started to happen more, and okay. I ended up in a duo um, a few years into being back in Calgary uh, with Natalie Inga, who That's um, the Fig in the Flame, the Fig in the Flame, yes, right. yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that still and going? That was or kind of you... the beginning of it really okay. being a professional thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So, what about uh, so from a music perspective? Any um, uh, particular performance that stands out for you there? And I'm curious how that might compare <laughs> to your experiences with theater. Yeah, so many. There are so <laughs> many. I've had some really beautiful, beautiful times. Um, and I feel lucky for all of it. But there was a point. Right before we started that duo, I was doing a little bit of solo. I opened for my very first, I played my very first half hour set uh, in Cochrane at, um, oh no, I'm not going to remember the name. Mm, what's that, what's that guitar cafe? Do you remember? Do you, do you know? Oh, um, I do know. There's, it, was, it doesn't exist I've been, anymore. It, I've been there, yeah. It closed about two years yeah, ago, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've oh, forgotten shoot. now. Okay. Um, but we. Uh, so I had played and opened for this um, band of friends. Actually, my cousin was one of the one of the people in the other band. And um, so we were back in Cochrane the next day. It was Saturday, and we were um, taking down and getting all the gear out because we were allowed to leave it there overnight. And um, so it was like a really cool accomplishment. I was feeling super good about that. But in the meantime, um, about a week and a half before, I had got a message from my sister who lived in Vancouver, and she said that she saw on Twitter. That Royal Wood. Do you know who Royal Wood is? He's a Toronto singer-songwriter. The name is familiar. Yeah. But... Um, uh, great, great artist. Um, he, he was touring at the time, and he was tweeting. He had tweeted that he was looking for a singer in Calgary to join him for one of his songs. That's a duet between okay. a male and female voice. And so, um, so she, a week and a half before this show, had said, like, "Are you free on Saturday? The whatever? I'm gonna submit you." <laughs> like, I'm going to give them your name. And I was like, oh, sure. And I really did not. And then I didn't hear anything. So that was fine. And that would have been the day after this Cochrane show. So we're there on Saturday afternoon. And all of a sudden, my phone rings. And we're sitting in a restaurant. I'm exhausted. I have not showered since the show. Yeah. And, um, and I remember we all just felt quite disheveled and, 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 and um, but blissful. And uh, we were waiting for our food in this restaurant. And um, my phone rings. And it's my sister. And she goes, oh my god. Royal Wood wants you to sing tonight. Soundcheck is in an hour. What are you doing? <laughs> like, 
Did what? you even know what the song was at this I time? I had listened to it once when she told me about it to decide if I wanted to sing it or not, yep. and that was it because I didn't hear from them. Wow. I thought it would be a quick, you know. So, um, so no, I did not know the song. And um, so that set into, so I was like, yes, I will be there. I will be there. <laughs> and, I just, and so my friend Craig, who was the drummer for this band, he, uh, he was like, okay, I'll come with you and just like make sure every, you get everywhere. <laughs> like, okay. So I had to, like, in my mind, I would be singing backup, essentially, with Royal. Like, I, I didn't know at all what this was going to look like. Yeah. It was at the Grand downtown. Okay. And, um, and so I was like, black clothes. So I drove to my house. I lived in Cochrane at the time. So I grabbed an armload of all the black clothes I had. Again, hadn't showered. Grabbed a thing of dry shampoo. <laughs> Dove back into Craig's car and we started driving to the city. And then I look at my phone and, I, and she, my sister had said, you have to call them when you're on your way. And I was like, okay. So I call and, and I say like, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be a, like possibly a few minutes late because I'm coming from Cochrane and it's like, I, yeah, anyways, we had to go through downtown, there was construction, anyway, so they said, no problem, we'll see you when you get here, and um, so then I um, hang up from that phone call, and my phone dies, and I'm like, my plan was to learn the song on the way, but, but, but I hadn't like properly thought that through, and there was no way at that time to charge my phone in the car, so... I'm like, oh boy, okay. <laughs> this is all I could do is look up the lyrics and hope for the best <laughs> at this point. So, um, so then we uh, got got down to the venue, and he and Craig like dropped me off, and I like dove out of the car. I had my phone, I had a charger, I had written out the lyrics on the drive, and um, so I'm like, I just hope I have a few minutes to like look this over, listen to it once or something, and um, <laughs> and. Uh, so I go into the theater, and he the, the idea was that he would then pick me up so I could go back to his house, which was close to downtown, change, and like get ready and, and whatever. And so I go into the building, and they I get walked immediately down to a green room, and uh, they were like, yeah, just hang out here for a bit. And I was alone, and I was like, okay, yeah, cool. No problem. Sounds good. Nice to meet you. And then they close the door. I'm like plugging everything in, just <laughs> frantically trying to like, and I'm listening. I got the song playing on loop, and I'm just sitting. I just sat there, and I'm like listening and practicing the harmonies, and it's all like harmonies, and they changed. And it was a beautiful song. But um. And the lyrics, I was like, well, I'm just going to have to have my phone with the lyrics for the sound check, but then I'll learn it in between. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then just that, in time information. Yep. <laughs> and so just as I'm like in the middle of all of that, they come knock on the door, and it was not very much time. And they said, they said, OK, he's ready for you. And I'm like, great. So this was a live performance? <laughs> this was a live performance in front of an audience. at the Grand in front of an audience. Yes, wow. absolutely. It was crazy. And, um, and so the sound check went great, but I had the lyrics in front of me. And, um, and harmonies are something I know. So I might not have even sung the ones he wrote, but I <laughs> sung something that worked. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and so then. I uh, like meet the band, et cetera. I'm, again, just really trying to play it cool. I've got a toque covering the horrible hair I have. Like, I'm just, and, um, and then I casually walk out. I'm like, OK, I'll see you at my call time or whatever. And um, go out the front door. I'm like, Craig, where are you? <laughs> just, it was so funny. And he came and picked me up. And we went back to his house. And he, put, he had my food that I never ate from the restaurant earlier that day and uh, put the song on. Um, on repeat, and I just listened to it super loud while I again sang it and sang it and sang it while I got ready. And uh, yeah, sort of tried to freshen myself up. But while that's happening, 
I get a message from Royal himself. <laughs> he texts me and he goes, what are you doing? Would you like to join me in the band for dinner before the show? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Like, I was so, uh, and I just remember, like, just the whole thing was just so crazy. And, uh, yeah, anyway, I had to say no. I was like, ah, unfortunately, I had to come and take care of some things. I'm like, I forget what I said, but I, oh, I was pretty chill um, and mysterious. And, yeah, and then I got back to the venue on time, and, Craig was, we both got tickets and we sat in the crowd until it was like a song or two before the song. And I went down and I was like, well, still had my phone, still looking at the lyrics. I'm like, at this point, it is what it is. <laughs> and it went well. It went, it went well. quite well. Yeah, it was, they were happy. I was, it was well, all right. Cool. It wasn't as good as the sound check, but it was fine. <laughs> but good. also they had me freaking front. This is what I found out in the sound check too, was that I was the front of the stage, right in the middle. He's right. like, no, 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 we're showcasing you. And I'm like, oh, even better. Would have been nice to wash my hair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, wow. that story will always be. And that, you know, I tend to live, I don't know. I just, I do that a lot. I say yes to things and then I figure out and how the heck I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it leads me to some pretty cool places. That's cool. Yeah. So one of the things that Stagehand is all about is really, I mean, obviously we love coming to the Ironwood. We mm -hmm. love, um, uh, you know, any of the, the live music venues in town to see artists like yourself perform. But we're also trying to innovate on just opportunities for musicians, for live music in general. And, and that led us, you know, a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago to the airport. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really the the value proposition, as they, uh, as we say, is all about customer experience. Mm -hmm. Because as you can imagine, airports can be stressful places. Mm -hmm. uh, people are traveling for various different reasons. Oftentimes, people have anxiety around flying. And, uh, and so the airport was starting a live music program. And uh, I know that you performed there, uh, there a number of times. So I'm really curious, from a musician's perspective, what that was like, and I'd love to hear any stories uh, or experiences that you might have there as well. So why, um, yeah, what, what drew you to the airport? I suppose mm -hmm. that's a bit of an unusual place mm -hmm. to play, is it not, or is that? Yeah, no, it is, it's very unusual. Um, and when I, and I had never heard of, I'd never seen music in airports before, I'd never heard mm -hmm. of such a thing, but when I heard about it, it was a hard yes for me immediately yeah. because I love the airport and I love people and people watching and I think that the airport just has so many stories and there's just so much going on and every there's like good and bad and there's lots of reasons to fly somewhere and I think that I've always loved the, at, the atmosphere yeah. and um, so I thought like if I get to do my favorite thing in my favorite place that's yep I'll do that <laughs> and so um, and I didn't know what it would entail and what it would the impact it would have, but um, I, the amount of people who stopped to talk, the people who left notes in my hmm. guitar case or nearby or handed hmm. me things, <laughs> um, for example, a mom, and she had two little tiny kids, she was traveling by herself, and she sat in front of me and fed them snacks while they climbed all over the place, and they were messy, and they were getting stuff everywhere, and she left me a note after, and she said, like, thanks for being a little piece of, like, wow. light in this crazy, crazy day that I'm having, and just, you know, there were, um, there was once a woman who sat 
uh, across the hallway from me, so against the far wall, and she sat down at the beginning of my set, and she stayed for two hours. Wow. And she cried most of the time. Wow. And I never, ever knew why. Huh. But she came, when I was done, she came over, and she gave me a hug. She was still crying, and I gave her a hug, and we were quiet, and there were no words, and then she walked away. And, and to me, like, that's a, there were just some really beautiful, uh, yeah, interactions. A little girl from China told me that she hopes I become a singer. <laughs> she left me a note as well. Like I just, there were so many, so many amazing things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, 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 I find that it just completely changes the atmosphere. It in the does. Mood. And that's what I heard a lot. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people were like, what a good idea. As they yeah. walked by, you know, yeah. I only had one bad experience. Oh, was that right? <laughs> I once, because also the airport is a stressful place. <laughs> and it is. Some people who are in a funk <laughs> don't want you to try and make it better. <laughs> right. And this, uh, this, this man one time walked by and he stopped right in front of me, like I'm singing right here. And he just yeah. came right up to me and he goes, Ugh, stop! <laughs> he just moved on. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry, your day's hard. <laughs> it yeah. was like, it was very funny. Yeah. Overall, just so many nice interactions. And, and, and uh, what I've found, because I've, I've talked to a number of the musicians that, uh, that have played out there, is mm -hmm. it, it really is a, it's a, um, the skills, or there, there's, a, there's a different angle on the skills that you're developing. Um, th there's a different reason, if you like, and, and, and I've heard this from the folks at the airport, too, that the, the musicians that do really well there mm -hmm. recognize that this is different than being on the stage at the Ironwood. Absolutely. You're there for a different reason. Can, mm -hmm. can you talk about that at all? Like, did, does that make sense to you? I, I know Devin Cooper, for example, yeah. uh, when I was talking to him, he said, uh, you know, he knows that he's really got a very short period of time to make a connection with somebody. Mm -hmm. you know, so as they're walking down and walking by, yes. uh, if he can make that connection, you know, it creates a moment mm -hmm. uh, versus exactly. just walking on by and catching your flight and, and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And yeah. Does that resonate with you? Is that, uh, did you have a similar experience? Yeah, I think it was interesting. I feel like there was a period of sort of figuring that out at the beginning, um, but I loved it, right? Again, in my in my shows in general, I connecting with the audience has always been important to me. It's always like relatively interactive, <laughs> and and um, I don't like there to feel like like there's something between us that mm -hmm. prevents us from knowing each other. So so yeah. it's um, so at the airport, I found it. I agree. There was um, there was this neat. You have these you have these tiny chances. And people you would never otherwise run into, who would never otherwise know your name or, right. or you know, it was, um, yeah, it created lots of, lots of little moments. And I know, like, some of us musicians talked amongst ourselves about what it was like for each of us, and people had different experiences, and I found it usually quite pleasant, and, but then there were days where the airport was, like the weather was bad and everyone was mad and mm -hmm. like that vibe was hard to play through sometimes right and um, um, but helpful for some but then like you know it could be uh, it depended on what was happening around in the atmosphere you had to like adapt every right. single time sometimes there were times where you just sort of had to keep to yourself and that was you just kind of knew yeah. <laughs> that that was that was just the vibe of the day but um, but often it was um, yeah more of that you know, smiling and, and 
I think, you know, it was my parents actually. They came back from somewhere, and I forget who was playing, but someone else was playing, and my mom smiled at her, and she did not smile back, and my mom was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and, I just, and I said, well, who knows? Who knows? That could yeah. be a number of things. She could have been thinking of lyrics. See, this, yeah. like, it's not she you. But, but that was an interesting thing to learn because mm -hmm. I thought like every single person matters mm -hmm. was how I ended up sort of approaching it in the end was like every single one of them so they might not look at me but I'm gonna look at all of them yeah. I'm gonna try and connect with my eyes with a smile with a word whatever mm -hmm. and you, you know it's interesting um, because one of the things that you know I'm quite proud of from a stagehand standpoint is that we've helped places like that mm -hmm. who are not music bookers that mm -hmm. you know uh, I'm sure you dealt with Peggy and Jocelyn mm -hmm. and and, yeah. uh, and maybe others but you know the reality is their business is in you know has, has been all around the airport it hasn't been running a, uh, a club like the Ironwood and yes. um, and and I also feel like it's valuable for them to be the ones that are programming the talent that should be performing at the airport because they know the airport uh, as, uh, as, as uh, you know, probably well, better than anyone mm -hmm. and know what will be appropriate for, you know, as a musician and how sure. you'll do in a, in a setting like that. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I think it's important to enable those people to effectively behave like, like music bookers. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think for them, like, I think there was, there was definitely a learning curve at the mm -hmm. beginning for everyone and there was a figuring out how to communicate effectively with each other because you know we're talking music and they're talking not that and we're trying to like meet halfway and have everyone sort of feel good about the spot we were playing in or the or how how the equipment was stored and all of these things that um it was neat to i just i'm all for and this is something i like about what you guys are doing is that this educating new people understand mm -hmm. what it means to be a performer right. and what it means to hire one and what it what the value in that is and because um, there's a lot of there's just a lot of like blank spots I feel blind spots that people uh, it's just nice it's nice for there to be a wider spread knowledge of what this business is and what it means to us well and, and I think also important is bringing the music out to places and people that may not otherwise experience it mm -hmm. uh, because I think we all know that I mean if you spend any time at the Ironwood or the Blues Can or Mikey's, uh, you know, the, there's there's a lot of people that are already in that scene exactly. and are comfortable walking in the front door and, and what a performance is all mm -hmm. about and that sort of thing. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people that that's just something that's completely new to them. Yes. And um, uh, I think if you can bring the music to the, where the people already mm -hmm. are, and maybe it gives them an opportunity to go, you know what, man, we should go see some live music uh, this weekend. And then they actually get off the couch and come down. So, yeah, yeah I think there's a bunch of different uh, angles that, that sure. make it good to, to bring it out to the people. Yes, I agree. Let's, um, let's talk about just um, places that you might have played, maybe a favorite club location uh anything that jumps to mind when i say uh you know, one of your favorite spots oh, to play yeah. well the place we're sitting in <laughs> it's funny the ironwood so i did my very first headline show here last year 2019 in may and yeah. i and i three years ish before that i remember sitting in an, at a show in the audience watching and thinking even at that point only four ish years ago i was like i wonder if i can do that yeah. Like, I wonder if I'll ever play here just like with my own thing, my own project. And, and boom, I was here last year and again this year. That's and cool. um, I think 
So there was always like a massive value. I love this venue. The sound has always been some of the best in mm -hmm. the city. It's like, um, you know, you're there. They do it right. They're, you're treated well. It's a nice. It's a. It's a good gig. And so, and I had played. So leading up to, so in that time from like, hmm, I wonder if I can do this to to, to doing it. Um, I played, you know, a songwriter circle. I opened for several people. Mm -hmm. I just kind of kept harassing Pat <laughs> until he finally gave me a chance. But um, yeah, it's uh, this this venue is one of my favorites for sure. And it just feels like it just feels like history, and it feels hmm. like community, and it feels good. Yeah. That's interesting. It's interesting you mentioned community because I. <clears throat> I think it was uh, Sylvia Johnson from Cornerstone that I was talking to, and, and she yeah. mentioned the Ironwood as well, and, and I think she used that exact same word, is, oh. is community. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I'm curious, like, what does that mean to you as a musician? Like, what is, right. what is community? What, why? I, I guess I'm always trying to figure out, yeah, what makes a great live music venue? Mm. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, a live music venue. I guess um, this, this, this just feels like a hub, first of all. Hmm. This feels like the place that everyone plays. Mm -hmm. And um, there's something about sort of being in that club <laughs> that uh, just feels good, whether, you're, whether you know all the people or not. And um, I think Calgary is interesting to me because I've spent a little bit of time in Vancouver and a little bit of time in Toronto, and we are still a bit segregated compared mm. to some places. And I like to try and work on that personally um, by going to other people's shows, by going to other genres shows. But in Calgary, we do not mix as well and support each other and lift each other up quite as well. From a musician community standpoint? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And I know that a lot of people agree with that. And there's a, there is a little bit of a, if you're new here, it takes a while to, to mm. get your to get in, to break and in. and it's and it's unfortunate because that's not the point yeah. to me. It's never been the point. And um, you know, I'm playing in Toronto. There was uh, I showed up at an open mic, for example, and there were every genre you could imagine. First of all, and secondly, they play with each other. They book a show that's like this like indie folk artist and this rapper are gonna do a, you know, like, and we just don't do that that well in Calgary yet. And I have hope that we are working on it. Um, and I think there have been some things recently, quite frankly, I'm grateful for COVID mm. because mm. I feel like it leveled the playing field in a sense and we understand each other. There's a different vibe now. And I think that there's a gratefulness like it's this kind of feeling like every chance you get to play now is special. Like there's, it's like, oh man, like everyone's just happy to be back in it. And when the Ironwood fundraiser happened the first weekend, um, I came down and it was my first time being here, first time being like kind of in the... Since COVID hit. Uh, yeah, since COVID. And, yeah. Um, and I remember just walking in and feeling at home. Hmm. And I felt, and I saw people that I hadn't seen in ages. And I'm not, I'm not terribly close with all of them, but there was just this, everyone was so grateful to see each other and so supportive and happy to just be here and be, right. and it just, you know, happened to be here. But it was, it was this like seeing everyone again and it feels like something has shifted a little bit. I feel hmm. like we all felt this vulnerability and we realize that we kind of have to lean on each other a little bit and we kind of have to be a community. Hmm. And I hope that I'm right. And I hope that it continues to sort of go that way and we don't we don't lose sight of it but any thoughts on why that might be you mentioned other communities that just seem to mix more I think there's a combination of things I think 
Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why to start with, but I think there's, I think people leave Calgary a lot. I mean, Vancouver, Toronto, there are, Montreal, there are hubs of music. There are just places that have, have us richer and longer and wider music history um, mm -hmm. than we do. Um, but uh, and I think there's, there's so much good here, but there's also like, it's hard to know about it. It's hard to hear when it's happening. There's a little mm -hmm. bit of a lack of, which you guys have helped a lot with. Um, but I do still hear all the time from people who are not musicians, like, I just don't know where to go. I'm like, what? <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, there's only, you know, really? At this point? But, um, but I think as far as, like, musicians and the community itself, I think, yeah, people get to a certain point where they're like, oh, I, want, I want to feel more a part of something, and they take off. Yeah. And, and so it'd be nice to keep, and I mean, some people don't, and there's, there is a community, but it's, and, and there are times when everyone comes together, but it's, uh, it's definitely, it's got walls between it, and there's just, um, it's different, it's different. It feels very different than the other cities. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, can we talk about your new album you're working on? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw on your website the name something about <laughs> monsters. I'm trying to remember Love now. Love notes to the monsters. Love notes to the monsters. Yeah. So, uh, and you've got a song called called monsters. monsters. Correct. So is that is that feeding? I'm just wondering. Is there some sort of a connection with yeah. you and monsters? Definitely. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. Tell me about that. Um, well, the song itself, um, I wrote. It's never been released. There's a live video, but that, that's it. And um, we. Uh, that song was kind of a combination of things. It was about the um, anxieties, doubts, fears that like hide in the back of your mind, in all of our minds, and like sneak up. Sometimes when you least expect it, or you think uh, you know something starts to not go well, and then all of a sudden this is like feeding it <laughs> as well. Mm -hmm. And it's that little voice. It's the thing in your head that wants to sabotage all the happiness. And um, and. And we all have it. And for me, I was realizing like that thing happens almost more when things are going well. Mm. And like it just, anyways. So I, I wanted to um, write. Monsters was kind of a song where I was like, I had this. There was this darkness to the way I was thinking about all of that. And and I realized that I was in my writing up until that point, I always tried to make it a little more palatable. I mm -hmm. always tried to pretty things up a smidge mm -hmm. so that no one got uncomfortable or worried about me <laughs> or anything like that. Right. And, um, and I was like, but that's not the truth. And so Monsters was a song that was kind of like, OK, what happens if I just tell the truth? Mm -hmm. Like, What happens if I, and, it, and it's, the song itself has this trajectory from like sort of a dark to light, which shows up in a few other songs of mine, where um, um, yeah, this sort of like they're there. Yeah, the darkness is there, <laughs> but um, and it's uh, good to acknowledge it, but also not to sit in it for too long, mm -hmm. and like keep pointing your face toward the sun. This is something I always, a little thing I always say to people too, is just like just point your face to the sun, hmm. and like it'll. It'll work out. <laughs> so the whole idea of love notes to the monsters but, so, is making friends with that. Uh, yeah, kind of making friends with it, and and just. Um, it's that idea came just this summer actually on a road trip um, and where it's kind of all these the songs will be a combination of uh, of 
the the trouble spots, but also like the nice times. And it's kind of about trying to have no expectations and move forward, move forward, just always move forward, mm -hmm. whether whether you know, no matter what's happening, kind of. So yeah, that's a loose <laughs> loose idea of what it is. Um, but it did come from that, and monsters specifically, and the lyrics at the beginning of that song. Um, <clears throat> come from uh, when I was a kid. I had this recurring daymare, I call it. <laughs> so uh, anxious thoughts, really. Um, yeah. But at the time, like we didn't, didn't know. There was no didn't name have a for label that. For there it. was yeah. no name for that, right? You were just an imaginative child. Yeah. And, um, and but I definitely was a deep, like a big thinker as a kid. And I had this um, thing for a period of time where I believed that there were these monsters made of mud who would show up at my bedroom window mm. and look in at nighttime after I went to bed and they were like dripping, like they were just constantly oozing and they didn't have faces. And, um, and they would check on me and if I was sleeping in the correct position, they would let me be and they'd move on. Um, but if I was ever not sleeping in the right position, they would take me away somewhere, away oh, wow. from my family. So this is a, like a big scary <laughs> period scary. of time. But, <laughs> but now, so like at the beginning of the song, it's uh, the first few lines are, there are monsters in the moonlight, they've got mud beneath their nails, they've been crawling up the cold banks of this river that you sail. And so it's just this, it's that they, they are there, they're on the periphery, they want to scare you, yeah. but you don't always have to like buy in. Right. So, yeah. That's cool. So the, um, I know the recording an album can be a bit of a fluid process, but oh, yeah. uh, do, you, do, you, do you time box something for yourself? Say, I want this I out know. by spring or like, <laughs> how does that work for you? I have committed to a timeline if like, so I've applied for some grants and, and, and so I've had to sort of make a really concrete plan. But outside of that and sort of if those don't, happen. Um, I am doing it myself and so I spent a lot of COVID learning how to produce my own music and record my own music. So um, I have uh, this little studio that my friend, <laughs> this awesome friend of mine, built in her house for me because wow. um, I was, you know, running into issues with my house being too noisy and, uh, and things and she was like, nope, no more excuses, here you go, <laughs> you have a perfectly <laughs> fine place to do it now. And so it's amazing and like one of the best gifts ever. And um, so I've been in there, I've been in there a lot in the last couple of weeks, I've just sort of begun and I have two fully tracked songs that I'm working through and, and I'm, you know, gonna need some help. I definitely can't do all of the editing and mixing myself yet, but yeah. it's, uh, it's exciting and it feels really good to be, I didn't know, I didn't think this was something I was interested in at all. I thought I was just performer and all of that. Someone else can do it, it's, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it else. is nice to have other people who really know what they're doing to do those things, but it's also going to be nice for me to have a different kind of engagement in that and yeah. to be able to talk the talk and understand all the lingo and know what moves I want to make and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So do you, are you writing while you record or are you, have you basically got it all, you know what you want to record, you just need to get it down now? Yeah, I have most of it as already. So, and I've been, you know, playing for a few years as this is like after the duo um, ended in 2017, late 2017, I think, um, or 2018, I don't know. But for a couple of years now, I've been on my own and I, um, and I've been playing all this music and I never have, you know, I go, I play a show and people are like, so uh, 
where, where can I find the meal? And I'm like, oh, yeah, about that. Um, and so, so, you know, and it's not in masses, but it's enough people that I was like, you know what? It's time to sort of put some of this um, somewhere. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Thank you. Um, let's just talk about the industry in general. Any, anybody, you know, you've been here for, I guess I think you said 2013 is when you came back mm-hmm. to uh, Calgary. Mm-hmm. Anybody that you look up to in the local industry, call it a mentor or somebody that uh, uh, that you've really worked with? or mm-hmm. mentor. That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people who, <laughs> it's funny, I actually, when you say that, I think of younger people than me. Mm. I think of people who have just gone for it mm. and like owned their place in it all. And one person that comes to mind is Kate Stevens, actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I just find her, voice. I mean, she's just, her voice is naturally incredible. She works her little buns off and she is um, just an infectious human being and just a lovely, warm, bright mm. person. And I just, I'm so excited. Like when I think about people that I look up to, I think about people who are fresh, who are just sort of like, they see it, they know it, and they're, and they're doing the thing. Yeah. That's cool. So, and what about, what about the unsung heroes? I always like to ask about this because we all know that there's front people, um, there's, uh, you know, that often get a lot of the recognition or the press yeah. or the glory, but we all know that there are so many behind the scenes people as well. Anybody that jumps to mind for you? Honestly, not specifically. I feel like this is the sound engineers. <laughs> people who do sound are, are just so overlooked <laughs> and right. um and like any chance to thank them and make sure that they know how much value they have is mm-hmm. so important to me mm-hmm. and um you know uh, the ironwood has there are several places in town that have really great um sound engineers and it's very uh it's just it's crucial <laughs> it helps so much and it makes such a difference and now that i have some experience under my belt i'm like okay now i understand what a really great sound person is and what a really not great one is right and um and we have some really great ones in calgary and i just uh, i'm super grateful every time i get to work with them yeah mm. so what um uh what about what i guess what excites you is interesting you mentioned about you know covid you're kind of grateful for covid which is which is awesome um <laughs> But, but I'm curious, as you look at the music scene mm. in general, you look at your career, you look at the, the people and what's going on here in Calgary, you know, what excites you about, what keeps you going, what keeps you getting out of bed in the morning? Oh, boy. Um, so many things. I just can't. I will not stop. It's been, COVID on one hand has been sad because some people have stopped and some people have sure. put it away for now. And that hurts my heart. But, um... But it's not an option for me, and I knew that. I've known that all along. And um, it just, there's, music for me is like, there's something so much bigger that I cannot explain to anyone that can be frustrating when I try. (laughs) Um, And I just realized recently, actually, that I might never, I might always be the only one that really gets what it means and what it is for me. So, Mm -hmm. So, like, kind of a... Uh, accepting that and being because you know I don't know when you hear stories of people who just are uh, there's there's just naysayers around every corner there's you know I run into a lot of 
it's very interesting being a mom, a single mom at that, and, and like, uh, there's a lot of judgment. Like, if I'm at the school with the other moms, it's kind of like I'm weird and shiny, or, huh. or there's this, like, well, how do you do it? How do you, <laughs> how do you, you mustn't, like, this almost, like, you can't be a good mom and a good musician. It's, right. like, the vibe that I feel huh. sometimes from both sides. Huh. And, um, and so I just feel like there's so, I can't, explain to those people like you don't know you don't understand I just don't have a choice right. <laughs> and um and it's working in the sense that like I'm doing it all I'm doing it to the degree that I can on any given day and right. um and for me like music is just such a it comes from somewhere bigger than me it comes through me songs arrive out of nowhere I feel lucky to be a part of it and um people watch seeing other musicians um do their thing, writing, co-writing is a big one for me. And I do that a lot with a lot of different people. And I do it on purpose because it stretches me so much and teaches me things and pulls me out of my comfort zone. And, um, and I, think, I think everyone should do it. It's very, it can be super intimidating, but it's also really amazing because it, uh, it just revives me. Every, it just like brings, breathes a new bit of life into what I'm doing every single time I do it. Yeah, so, mm. that's cool. Um, so why don't, why don't we maybe just, you know, um, wrap up and, 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 and maybe just asking you a little bit more about what, you know, what live music means to you. I think you've sort of touched on it here. And it was interesting yeah. as you were saying that, I was thinking about something I once heard Tom Phillips say. Yeah. And uh, it was a conversation uh, in a performance and there was some sort of discussion as, as part of that. And he said the, the one piece of advice he gave people was don't do it unless you have to. <laughs> and, and what he meant by that was he just has to, mm. which I think is what I mm -hmm. heard you say as well. It's yeah. like, I just have to. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and, uh, and I think that creates a, you know, a, um, just a different, uh, I guess, element uh, you know, to the music, uh, that this is really just part of you and you have to, have to be something you, you get out. But I don't want to put too many words in your mouth. <laughs> so, but, but tell me, what, what is live music? just mean to mm. you in general, if that's not too broad a question. Sure. Well, I would, I agree with him. <laughs> um, and I think that's what I meant when I said it's hard to explain is that if it, if it's not something someone else has to do, then they're just never going to understand what that means <laughs> yeah. to you. Yeah. And that's fine. And that goes across all, every single vocation you can think of. And, um, and yeah, I think it's, Live music, like the connection, the people. There's one experience that I remember being in an audience, and I and I had this moment when I after I moved here, and it was like 2014, I think, and I was um, questioning. I was just obsessed with being like with music, with all these things, and I was like, and with performing in particular, and I was like, why though? Is it my ego? Is it just that I need some sort of validation? Like, what am I looking for here? Right. And what right. I want to, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it for the right reasons. And I was sitting, I went to Sasquatch Festival mm. in Washington, and um, and I saw Seeger Rose play um, one night. They were headlining one of the nights, and I'm not sure if you're familiar, but look them up if you're not. But uh, they. Um, they had this, first of all, the stage was dark. It was in, so it's in like a natural amphitheater outside. There's like a giant like ravine behind it. And, um, and the sound is unbelievable. And um, they had only a few like light bulbs on little black stands like all over the stage sort of lighting. So you could see their silhouettes from time to time. You'd see an instrument from time to time, but they did the whole 
whole show like that, basically in the dark. And it was, and I went right up, and I knew like I was a fan of them already. Mm -hmm. And I went right to the front, sort of off to the side, and I sat on some grass <laughs> next to a friend because um, I knew I wanted to really just take it in. And um, and I, I cried through the whole thing. Wow. And that moment, and I had this like moment while I was watching that, where. Oh my god, I'm getting choked up now. <laughs> That's so crazy. Um, where I was like, it's it's this. It's this feel, it's this thing that's happening right now. Yeah. Whatever the energy exchange is, whatever the magic is, whatever the thing is that like makes people see themselves in the music or the music changes something in them, it's the connection there. Yeah. That that's the reason. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Well, I think that's a great place to uh, <laughs> to wrap it up. But I th I thank you for yeah, for joining me, and and uh, I always really enjoy hearing people's story and and people's perspective on things. And uh, um, so I uh, like I say I, I was excited to have the opportunity to sit down with you today. Thank you. And, I was uh, excited too. Thanks for asking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, so thank you again, Sonia, mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, I look forward to, uh, to seeing you on stage again. Let's hope uh, more and more as things start to open up uh, yes, again from COVID. So, so mm -hmm. thank you again. Thank you.